Act Two of the Second Part of Henry the Fourth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Second Part of Henry the Fourth, by William Shakespeare. Act Two, Scene One. London, a street. Enter hostess with two officers, Fang and Snare. Master Fang, have you entered the action? It is entered. Where's your yeoman? Is the lusty yeoman? Will I stand to it? Sirrah, where's Snare? Oh, Lord, I, good Master Snare. Here, here. Snare, we must arrest Sir John Falstaff. Yea, good Master Snare, I have entered him and all. It may chance cost some of our lives, for he will stab. Alas, the day! Take heed of him. He stabbed me in mine own house, and that most beastly. In good faith, it cares not what mischief he does if his weapon be out. He will foin like any devil. He will spare neither man, woman, nor child. If I can close with him, I care not for his thrust. No, nor I neither. I'll be at your elbow. And I but fist him once, and I come but within my vice. I am undone by his going. I warrant you, he's an infinitive thing upon my score. Good Master Fang, hold him sure. Good Master Snare, let him not scape. A comes continually to Pie Corner, saving your manhoods, to buy a saddle, and he is indicted to dinner to the lubber's head in Lumbert Street, to Master Smooth's the silkman. I pray you, since my exion is entered, and my case so openly known to the world, let him be brought in to his answer. A hundred mark is a long one for a poor lone woman to bear, and I have borne and borne and borne and have been fubbed off and fubbed off and fubbed off from this day to that day that it is a shame to be thought on. There is no honesty in such dealing, unless a woman should be made an ass and a beast to bear every knave's wrong. Enter Sir John Falstaff, Page, and Bardolph. Yonder he comes, and that errant Malmsey knows knave Bardolph with him. Do your offices, do your offices, Master Fang and Master Snare. Do me, do me, do me your offices. How now? Whose mare's dead? What's the matter? Sir John, I arrest you at the suit of Mistress Quickly. Away, violets! Draw, Bardolph! Cut me off the villain's head! Throw the quain in the channel! Throw me in the channel? I'll throw thee in the channel. Wilt thou? Wilt thou, thou bastardly rogue? Murder! Murder! Ah, thou honeysuckle villain, wilt thou kill God's officers and the king's? Ah, thou honey-seed rogue, thou art a honey-seed, a man-queller and a woman-queller. Keep them off, Bardolph. A rescue! A rescue! Good people, bring a rescue or two. Thou what, what thou? Thou what, what thou? Do, do, thou rogue, do, thou hemp-seed. Away, you scullion, you rampalian, you fustelarian. I'll tickle your catastrophe. Enter the Lord Chief Justice and his men. What is the matter? Keep the peace here, who? Good my lord, be good to me, I beseech you, stand to me. How now, Sir John? What are you brawling here? Doth this become your place, your time and business? You should have been well on your way to jock. Stand from him, fellow, wherefore hangst thou upon him? O oh, my most worshipful lord, and please your grace, I am a poor widow of Eastcheap, and he is arrested at my suit. For what sum? It is more than for some, my lord, it is for all, all I have. He hath eaten me out of house and home, he hath put all my substance into that fat belly of his. But I will have some of it out again, or I will ride thee a nights like a mare. I think I am as like to ride the mare, if I have any vantage of ground, to get up. How comes this, Sir John? 
Fie! What man of good temper would endure this tempest of exclamation? Are you not ashamed to enforce a poor widow to so rough a course to come by her own? What is the gross sum that I owe thee? Mary, if thou wert an honest man, thyself and the money too, thou didst swear to me upon a parcel-gilt goblet sitting in my dolphin-chamber at the round table by a sea-coal fire upon Wednesday and Weeson week when the prince broke thy head for liking his father to singing-man of Windsor. Thou didst swear to me then, as I was washing thy wound, to marry me and make me my lady thy wife. Canst thou deny it? Did not good wife Keach, the butcher's wife, come in then and call me gossip quickly, coming in to borrow a mess of vinegar, telling us she had a good dish of prawns, whereby thou didst desire to eat some, whereby I told thee they were ill for green wound? And didst thou not, when she was gone downstairs, desire me to be no more so familiarity with such poor people, saying that ere long they should call me madam? And didst thou not kiss me, and bid me fetch the thirty shillings? I put thee now to thy book-oath, deny it if thou canst. My lord, this is a poor mad soul, and she says up and down the town that her eldest son is like you. She hath been in good case, and the truth is, poverty hath distracted her. But for these foolish officers, I beseech you I may have redress against them. Sir John, Sir John, I am well acquainted with your manner of wrenching the true cough the false way. It is not a confident brow, nor the throng of words that come with such more than impudent sauciness from you can thrust me from a level consideration. You have, as it appears to me, practised upon the easy-dealing spirit of this woman, and made her serve your uses both in purse and in person. Yea, in truth, my lord. Pray thee peace. Pay her the debt you owe her, and unpay the villainy you have done with her, the one you may do with sterling money, and the other with current repentance. My lord, I will not undergo this sneep without reply. You call honourable boldness impudent sauciness. If a man will make curtsy and say nothing, he is virtuous. <laughs> no, my lord, my humble duty remembered. I will not be your suitor. I say to you, I do desire deliverance from these officers, being upon hasty employment in the king's affairs. You speak as having power to do wrong, but answer in the effect of your reputation, and satisfy the poor woman. Come hither, hostess. Enter Gower. Now, Master Gower, what news? The king, my lord, and Harry, prince of Wales, are near at hand. The rest, the paper tells. Gives a letter. As I am a gentleman. Faith, you said so before. As I am a gentleman. Come. No more words of it. By this heavenly ground I trod on, I must be fain to pawn both my plate and the tapestry of my dining-chambers. Glasses, glasses, is the only drinking. And for thy walls... A pretty slight drollery, or the story of the prodigal, or the German hunting in waterwork is worth a thousand of these bed-hangers and these fly-bitten tapestries. Let it be ten pound, if thou canst. Come, and twere not for thy humours, there's not a better wench in England. Go, wash thy face, and draw the action. Come, thou must not be in this humour with me, and dost not know me.' 
Come, come, I know thou wast set on to this. Pray thee, Sir John, let it be but twenty nobles, if faith I am loath to pawn my plate, so God save me, la. Let it alone. I'll make other shift. You'll be a fool still. Well, you shall have it, though I pawn my gown. I hope you'll come to supper. You'll pay me altogether? Will I live? To Bardolf. Go, with her, with her. Hook on, hook on. Will you have Doll Tearsheet meet you at supper? No more words. Let's have her. Exeunt hostess, Bardolph, and officers. I have heard better news. What's the news, my lord? Where lay the king to-night? At Basingstoke, my lord. I hope, my lord, all's well. What is the news, my lord? Come all his forces back? No. Fifteen hundred foot, five hundred horse, are marched up to my lord of Lancaster, against Northumberland and the archbishop. Comes the king back from Wales, my noble lord? You shall have letters of me presently. Come, go along with me, good Master Gower. My lord! What's the matter? Uh, Master Gower, shall I entreat you with me to dinner? I must wait upon my good lord here. I thank you, good Sir John. Sir John, you loiter here too long, being you are to take soldiers up in the counties as you go. Will you sup with me, Master Gower? What foolish master taught you these manners, Sir John? Master Gower, if they become me not, he was a fool that taught them me. This is the right fencing grace, my lord, tap for tap, and uh, so part fair. Now the lord lighten thee, thou art a great fool. Exit. Scene two. London. Another street. Enter Prince Henry and Poins. Before God, I am exceeding weary. Is it come to that? I had thought weariness durst not have attached one of so high blood. Faith it does me, though it discolors the complexion of my greatness to acknowledge it. Doth it not show vilely in me to desire small beer? Why, a prince should not be so loosely studied as to remember so weak a composition. Belike, then, my appetite was not princely got. For by my troth I do now remember the poor creature, small beer. But indeed these humble considerations make me out of love with my greatness. What a disgrace it is to me to remember thy name, or to know thy face to-morrow, or to take note how many pair of silk stockings thou hast, these, these, and those that were thy peach-colored ones, or to bear the inventory of thy shirts, as one for superfluity, and another for use, but that the tennis-court-keeper knows better than I. For it is a low ebb of linen with thee, when thou keepest not racket there, as thou hast not done a great while, because the rest of thy low countries have made a shift to eat up thy Holland, and God knows whether those that ball out of the ruins of thy linen shall inherit his kingdom. But the midwives say the children are not in the fault, whereupon the world increases, and kindreds are mightily strengthened. How ill it follows, after you have labored so hard, you should talk so idly. Tell me, how many good young princes would do so? their father's being so sick as yours, at this time is. Shall I tell thee one thing, Points? Yes, Faith, and let it be an excellent good thing. 
It shall serve among wits of no higher breeding than thine. Go to. I stand the push of your one thing that you will tell. Mary, I tell thee, it is not meet that I should be sad. Now my father is sick. Albeit, I could tell to thee, as to one it pleases me, for fault of a better to call my friend, I could be sad, and sad indeed, too. Very hardly upon such a subject. By this hand, thou thinkest me as far in the devil's book as thou, and Falstaff, for obduracy and persistency. Let the end try the men. But I tell thee, my heart bleeds inwardly that my father is so sick, and keeping such vile company as thou art, hath in reason taken from me all ostentation of sorrow. The reason? What wouldst thou think of me, if I should weep? I would think thee a most princely hypocrite. It would be every man's thought, and thou art a blessed fellow to think as every man thinks. Never a man's thought in the world keeps the roadway better than thine. Every man would think me an hypocrite indeed. And what excites your most worshipful thought to think so? Why, because you have been so lewd and so much engraft to Falstaff. And to thee. By this light I am well spoke on. I can hear it with mine own ears. The worst that they can say of me is that I am a second brother, and that I am a proper fellow of my hands. And those two things, I confess, I cannot help. By the mass, here comes Bardolph. Enter Bardolph and Page. And the boy that I gave Falstaff, I had him for me, Christian. And look, if the fat villain have not transformed him ape. God save your grace. And yours, most noble Bardolph. Come, you virtuous ass, you bashful fool, must you be blushing? Wherefore blush you now? What a maidenly man at arms are you become? Is it such a matter to get a pottlepot's maidenhead? I calls me e'en now, my lord, through a red lattice, and I could discern no part of his face from the window. At last I spied his eyes, and methought he had made two holes in the alewife's new petticoat, and so peeped through. Has not the boy profited? Away, you worsen, upright rabbit! Away! Away, you rascally Althea's dream! Away! Instruct us, boy. What dream, boy? Mary, my lord, Althea dreamt she was delivered of a firebrand, and therefore I call him her dream. A crown's worth of good interpretation. There it is, boy. Oh, that this blossom could be kept from cankers. Well, there's sixpence to preserve thee. And you do not make him be hanged among you? The gallows shall have wrong. And how doth thy master, Bodolph? Well, my lord, he heard of your graces coming to town. Here's a letter for you. Delivered with good respect. And how doth the mortal mass, your master? In bodily health, sir. Mary, the immortal part needs a physician, but that moves not him. Though that be sick, it dies not. I do allow this well to be as familiar with me as my dog. And he holds his place, for, look you, how he writes. Reads. John Falstaff, Knight. Every man must know that as oft as he has occasion to name himself, even like those that are kin to the king, for they never prick their finger, but they say, There's some of the king's blood spilt. How comes that? Says he, 
that takes upon him not to conceive. The answer is as ready as a borrower's cap. I am the king's poor cousin, sir. Nay, they will be kin to us, or they will fetch it from Yafet. But the letter. Reads. Sir John Falstaff, knight, to the son of the king nearest his father, Harry, Prince of Wales, greeting. Why, this is a certificate. Peace. Reads. I will imitate the honorable Romans in brevity. He sure means brevity and breath, short-winded. Reads. <clears throat> I commend me to thee, I commend thee, and I leave thee. Be not too familiar with points. For he misuses thy favors so much that he swears thou art to marry his sister Nell. Repent at idle times as thou mayst, and so farewell. Thine by yea and no, which is as much to say as thou usest him, Jack Falstaff with my familiars, John with my brothers and sisters, and Sir John with all Europe. My lord, I'll steep this letter in sack and make him eat it. That's to make him eat twenty of his words. But do you use me thus, Ned? Must I marry your sister? God send the wench no worse fortune, but I never said so. Well, thus we play the fools with the time, and the spirits of the wise sit in the clouds and mock us. Is your master here in London? Yea, my lord. Where sups he? Doth the old boar feed in the old frank? At the old place, my lord, in Eastcheap. What company? Ephesians, my lord, of the old church. Sup any women with him? None, my lord, but old Mistress Quickly and Mistress Dull Tearsheet. What pagan may that be? A proper gentlewoman, sir, and a kinswoman of my master's. Even such kin as the parish heifers are to the town bull. Shall we sail upon them, Ned, at supper? I am your shadow, my lord. I'll follow you. Sirrah, you boy, and Bardolph. No word to your master that I am yet come to town. There's for your silence. I have no tongue, sir. And for mine, sir, I will govern it. Fare you well. Go. Exit Bardolph and Page. This dull tear-sheet should be some road. I warrant you, as common as the way between St. Albans and London. <laughs> How might we see Falstaff bestow himself to-night in his true colors, and not ourselves be seen? Put on two leathern jerkins and aprons, and wait upon him at his table, as drawers. From a god to a bull, a heavy dissension. It was Jove's case. From a prince to apprentice, a low transformation. That shall be mine, for in everything the purpose must weigh with the folly. Follow me, Ned. Exit. Scene three. Warkworth before the castle. Enter Northumberland, Lady Northumberland, and Lady Percy. I pray thee, loving wife and gentle daughter, give even way unto my rough affairs. Put not you on the visage of the times, and be like them to Percy troublesome. I have given over. I will speak no more. Do what you will. Your wisdom be your guide. Alas, sweet wife. My honour is at pawn, and but my going nothing can redeem it. Oh, yet for God's sake, go not to these wars! The time was, father, when you broke your word. 
when you were more endeared to it than now when your own percy when my heart dear harry through many a northward looked to see his father bring up his powers but he did long in vain who then persuaded you to stay at home there were two honours lost yours and your son's for yours the god of heaven brighten it for his it stuck upon him like the sun in the grey vault of heaven and by his light did all the chivalry of england move to do brave acts he was indeed the glass wherein the noble youth did dress themselves he had no legs that practised not his gait and speaking thick which nature made his blemish became the accents of the valiant for those that could speak low and tardily would turn their own perfection to abuse to seem like him so that in speech in gait in diet in affections of delight in military rules humours of blood he was the mark and glass copy and book that fashioned others and him oh wondrous him O oh, miracle of men him did you leave second to none unseconded by you to look upon the hideous god of war in disadvantage to abide a field where nothing but the sound of hotspurs named did seem defensible so you left him never oh never do his ghost the wrong to hold your honour more precise and nice with others than with him let them alone the marshal and the archbishop are strong and my sweet harry had but half their numbers to-day might i hanging on hotspur's neck have talked of monmouth's grave beshrew your heart fair daughter you do draw my spirits from me with new lamenting ancient oversights but i must go and meet with danger there or it will seek me in another place and find me worse provided Oh, fly to Scotland, till that the nobles and the armed commons have of their puissance made a little taste. If they get ground and vantage of the king, then join you with them like a rib of steel to make strength stronger. But for all our loves, first let them try themselves. So did your son. He was so suffered. So came I a widow never shall have length of life enough to rain upon remembrance with mine eyes that it may grow and sprout as high as heaven for recordation to my noble husband come come go in with me tis with my mind as with the tide swelled up into his height that makes a still stand running neither way fain would i go to meet the archbishop but many thousand reasons hold me back i will resolve for scotland there am I, till time and vantage crave my company. Exeunt. Scene 4. London, the Boar's Head Tavern in Eastchute. Enter Francis and another drawer. What the devil hast thou brought there? Applejohns? Thou knowest Sir John cannot endure an Applejohn. Mass, thou sayest true. The prince once set a dish of apple johns before him, and told him there were five more Sir Johns, and, putting off his hat, said, I will now take my leave of these six dry, round, old, withered knights. It angered him to the heart, but he hath forgot that. 
Why, then, cover and set them down, and see if thou canst find out Sneak's noise. Mistress Tearsheet would fain hear some music. Enter third drawer. Dispatch. The room where they supped is too hot. They'll come in straight. Sirrah, here will be the prince and Master Poins anon, and they will put on two of our jerkins and aprons, and Sir John must not know of it. Bardolph hath brought word. By the mass, here will be old earths. It will be an excellent stratagem. I'll see if I can find out Sneak. Exeunt second and third drawers. Enter hostess and doll tearsheet. If faith, sweetheart, methinks you are an excellent good temporality. Your pulsage beats as extraordinarily as heart would desire, and your color, I warrant you, is as red as any rose, a good truth, la. But if faith, you have drunk too much canaries, and that's a marvellous searching wine, and it perfumes the blood ere one can say, what's this? How do you now? Better than I was. <clears throat> well, that's well said. A good heart's worth gold. Lo, here comes Sir John. Enter Falstaff. Who went Arthur first in court? <laughs> Empty the Jordan. Exit Francis. And was a worthy king. <laughs> How now, Mistress Doll? Sick of a calm, yea, in good faith. And so is all her sack. And they be once in a calm, they are sick. A pox damn you, you muzzy rascal. Is that all the comfort you give me? You make fat rascals, Mistress Doll. I make em. Gluttony and diseases make them, I make them not. If the cook helped to make the gluttony, you help to make the diseases, doll. We catch of you, doll, we catch of you. Grant that, my poor virtue, grant that. Yea, joy, our chains and our jewels. Your brooches, pearls, and ouches. For to serve bravely is to come halting off. You know, to come off the breach with his pike bent bravely, and to surgery bravely. To venture upon the charged chambers bravely. Hang yourself, you muddy conger, hang yourself. By my troth, this is the old fashion. You two never meet, but you fall to some discord. You are both the good truth as rheumatic as two dry toasts. You cannot bear with another's confirmities. What the good year one must bear, and that must be you. You are the weaker vessel, as they say, the emptier vessel. Can a weak, empty vessel bear such a huge, full hogshead? There's old merchant's venture of Bordeaux stuff in him. You've not seen a hulk better stuffed than the old. Come, I'll be friends with thee, Jack. Thou art going to the wars, and whether I shall ever see thee again or no, there is nobody cares. Re-enter Francis. Sir, ancient pistols below, and would speak with you. Hang him, swaggering rascal. Let him not come hither. It's a foul-mouthed rogue in England. If he swagger, let him not come here. No, by my faith. I must live among my neighbours. I'll know swaggerers. I am in good name and fame with the very best. Shut the door. There comes no swaggerers here. I have not lived all this while to have swaggering now. Shut the door, I pray you. Dost thou hear, hostess? Pray ye pacify yourself, Sir John. There comes no swaggerers here. Dost thou hear? It is mine ancient. Tilly Fally, Sir John, ne'er tell me, and your ancient swaggerer comes not in my doors. I was before Master Tizick, the deputy, the other day. And as he said to me, "'Twas no longer ago than Wednesday last, a good faith. "'Neighbor quickly,' says he, "'Master Dumby, our minister, was by then. "'Neighbor quickly,' says he, "'receive those that are civil, for,' said he, "'you are in an ill name.' "'Now I said so, I can tell whereupon. "'For,' says he, "'you are an honest woman, and well thought on, "'therefore take heed what guests you receive. "'Receive,' says he, "'no swaggering companions. "'There comes none here. "'You would bless you to hear what he said. "'No, I'll no swaggerers.'
He's no swaggerer, hostess. A tame cheater, a faith. You may stroke him as gently as a puppy greyhound. You'll not swagger with a barbary hen if her feathers turn back in any show of resistance. Call him up, drawer. Exit Francis. Cheater, call you him. I will bar no honest man my house, nor no cheater, but I do not love swaggering, by my troth. I am the worse when one says swagger. Feel, masters, how I shake. Look you, I warrant you. So you do, hostess. Do I? Yea, in very truth do I. And twere an aspen leaf. I cannot abide swaggerers. Enter Pistol, Bardolph, and Page. God save you, Sir John. Welcome, ancient Pistol. Here, Pistol, I charge you with a cup of sack. Do you discharge upon my hostess? I will discharge upon her, Sir John, with two bullets. Oh, she is pistol-proof, sir. You shall not hardly offend her. Come, I'll drink no proofs nor no bullets. I'll drink no more than will do me good, for no man's pleasure I. Then to you, Mistress Dorothy, I will charge you. Charge me? I scorn you, scurvy companion. What, you poor, base, rascally, cheating, lack-linen mate? Away, you mouldy rogue, away! I am meet for your master. I know you, Mistress Dorothy. Away, you cut-purse rascal, you filthy bung, away! By this wine I'll thrust my knife in your mouldy chaps and you play the saucy cuttle with me. Away, you bottle-ale rascal, you basket-hilt stale juggler, you! Since when, I pray you, sir, God's light with two points on your shoulder, much! God let me not live, but I will murder your ruff for this. No more, Pistol. I would not have you go off here. Discharge yourself of our company, Pistol. No, good Captain Pistol, not here, sweet Captain. Captain? Thou abominable damned cheater, art thou not ashamed to be called Captain? And Captains were of my mind, though trunching you out for taking their names upon you before you've earned them. You were Captain. You slave for what? For tearing a poor oar's rough in a bawdy house? He a captain, hang him, rogue. He lives upon mouldy stewed prunes and dried cakes. A captain. God's light, these villains will make the word as odious as the word occupy, which was an excellent good word before it was ill-sorted. Therefore captains had need look to it. Pray thee go down, good ancient. Hark thee hither, Mistress Doll. Not I. I tell thee what, Corporal Bardolph, I could tear her. I'll be revenged of her. Pray thee, go down. I'll see her damned first to Pluto's damned lake, by this hand to the infernal deep, with Erebus and torches vials also. Hold hook and line, say I. Down, down, dogs, down, faitors. Have we not hire in here? Good Captain Pease will be quiet. Tis very late of faith. I beseech you now, aggravate your collar. These be good humours indeed. Shall pack horses and hollow pampered jades of Asia, which cannot go but thirty mile a day, compare with Caesars, and with cannibals and Trojan Greeks? Nay, rather damn them with King Cerberus, and let the Rulcan roar! Shall we fall foul for toys? By my troth, Captain, these are very bitter words. Be gone, good ancient. This will grow into a brawl anon. Die, men like dogs! Give crowns like pins! Have we not iron here? My word, Captain, there's none such here. What the good year, do you think I would deny her? For God's sake, be quiet. 
Then feed and be fat, my fair Callipolis. Come, give us some sack. Si fortuna mi tormenta, sperato mi contento. Fear we broadsides? No. Let the fiend give fire. Give me some sack, and sweetheart, lie thou there. Laying down his sword. Come we to full points here, and are et cetera's nothings? Pistol, I would be quiet. Sweet knight, I kiss thine eaf. What, we have seen the seven stars. For God's sake, thrust him down the stairs. I cannot endure such a fustian rascal. Thrust him downstairs. No, we not Galloway nags. Quite him down, Bardolph, like a shove-groat shilling. Nay, and it do nothing but speak nothing, it shall be nothing here. Come, get you downstairs. What? Shall we have incision? Shall we embrew? Snatching up his sword. Then death rock me asleep. Abridge my doleful days. Why then let grievous ghastly gaping wounds untwine the sisters three. Come, Atropos, I say! Here's goodly stuff toward. Give me my rapier, boy. I pray thee, Jack, I pray thee, do not draw. Get you downstairs. Drawing and driving pistol out. Here's a goodly tumult. I'll forswear keeping house afore I'll be in these turrets and frights. So murder, I warrant now. Alas, alas, put up your naked weapons. Put up your naked weapons. Exit Pistol and Bardolph. I pray thee, Jack, be quiet. The rascal's gone. Oh, you wholesome little valiant villain, you. Are you not hurt in the groin? Methoughts it made a shrewd thrust at your belly. Re-enter Bardolph. Have you turned him out of doors? Yea, sir, the rascal's drunk. You have hurt him, sir, in the shoulder. A rascal? To brave me? Ah, oh, you sweet rogue, you. Alas, poor ape, how thou sweatest. Come, let me wipe thy face. Come on, you horse and chops. Ah, oh, rogue. If <laughs> faith I love thee. Thou art as valorous as Hector of Troy, worth five of Agamemnon, and ten times better than the nine worthies. Ah, oh, villain. A rascally slave. I will toss the rogue in a blanket. Do, and thou darest for thy heart. And thou dost, I'll canvas thee between a pair of sheets. Enter musicians. The music is calm, sir. Let them play. Play, sirs. Sit on my knee, doll. A rascal bragging slave. The rogue fled from me like quicksilver. If faith, and thou followest him like a church. Thou wholesome little tidy buff, folly me boar pig, when will thou leave fighting a days and foining a nights, and begin to patch up thine old body for heaven? Enter behind Prince Henry and Poins, disguised as drawers. Peace, good doll. Do not speak like a death's head. Do not bid me remember mine end. Cyril, what humours the prince of? A good shallow young fellow. He would have made a good pantler. He would have chipped bread well. They say Poins has a good wit. He? A good wit? Hang him, baboon. His wit's as thick as Tewksbury mustard. There's no more conceit in him than is in a mallet. Why does the prince love him so, then? Because their legs are both of a bigness, and they plays at quite's well, and eats conger and fennel, and drinks off candles' ends for flap-dragons, and rides the wild mare with the boys, and jumps upon joined stools, and swears with a good grace, and wears his boots very smooth, like unto the sign of the leg and breeds no bait with telling of discreet stories, and such other gamble faculties a has, 
that show a weak mind in an able body, for the which the prince admits him, for the prince himself is such another. <laughs> a weight of a hair will turn the scales between their avid the poise. Would not this knave of a wheel have his ears cut off? Let's beat him before his whore. Look where the withered elder hath on his pole clawed like a parent. Is it not strange that desire should so many years outlive performance? Kiss me, doll. Saturn and Venus this year in conjunction. What says the almanac to that? And look whether the fiery Trigon, his man, be not lisping to his master's old tables, his notebook, his council-keeper. Thou dost give me flattering buses. By my troth, I kiss thee with a most constant heart. I am old. I am old. I love thee better than I love e'er a scurvy young boy of them all. What stuff wilt have a kirtle of? I shall receive money a Thursday. Shalt have a cap to-morrow. A merry song, come. A grows late, will to bed. Thou'lt forget me when I am gone. By my truth, thou'd set me a-weeping, and thou saidst so. Prove that ever I dress myself handsome till thy return. Well, hearken at the end. Some sack, Francis. Anon, 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 anon sir. sir. Advancing. Ha! A bastard son of the king's? And art thou not Poins, his brother? Why, thou globe of sinful continence, what a life dost thou lead? A better than thou? I am a gentleman. Thou art a drawer. Very true, sir. And I come to draw you out by the ears. Oh, the Lord preserve thy grace. By my troth, welcome to London. Now the Lord bless that sweet face of thine. Oh, Jesu, are you come from Wales? Thou horse and mad compound of majesty. By this light flesh and corrupt blood, thou art welcome. Leaning his band upon Dahl. How, oh, you fat fool, I scorn you. My lord, he will drive you out of your revenge, and turn all to a merriment, if you take not the heat. You, whore-son Camelmine, you, how vilely did you speak of me even now before this honest, virtuous, civil gentlewoman? God's blessing are your good heart, and so she is by my troth. Didst thou hear me? Yea, and you knew me as you did when you ran away by Gads Hill. You knew! I was at your back, and spoke it on purpose to try my patience. No, 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 not so. Ha, I did not think thou wast within hearing. I shall drive you, then, to confess the willful abuse, and then I know how to handle you. No abuse, Hal. Oh, my honor, no abuse. Not to dispraise me, and calmly pander, and bread-chipper, and I know not what. No abuse, Hal. No abuse. No abuse, Ned. In the world, honest Ned, none. I, I dispraised him before the wicked, that the wicked might not fall in love with thee, in which doing I have done the part of a careful friend and a true subject. And thy father is to give me thanks for it. No abuse, Hal. None, Ned. None. No faith, boys. None. See now, whether pure fear and entire cowardice doth not make me wrong, this virtuous gentleman to close with us? Is she of the wicked? Is thine hostess here of the wicked? 
or is thy boy of the wicked, or honest Bardolph, whose zeal burns in his nose of the wicked? Answer, thou dead elm, answer. The fiend hath pricked down Bardolph irrecoverable, and his face is Lucifer's privy kitchen, where he doth nothing but roast malt worms. For the boy, there is a good angel about him, but the devil outbids him too. For the women? For one of them. She's in hell already, and burns poor souls. For the other, I owe her money, and whether she be damned for that, I know not. No, I warrant you. No, I think thou art not. I think thou art quit for that. Mary, there is another indictment upon thee for suffering flesh to be eaten in thy house, contrary to the law, for the which I think thou wilt howl. All victuallers do so. What's a joint of mutton or two in a whole Lent? You, gentlewoman. What says your grace? His grace says that which his flesh rebels against. Knocking within. Who knocks so loud at door? Look to the door there, Francis. Enter Peto. Peto, how now? What news? The king your father is at Westminster, and there are twenty weak and wearied posts come from the north. And as I came along I met and overtook a dozen captains, bareheaded, sweating, knocking at the taverns and asking every one for Sir John Falstaff. By heaven, Poins, I feel me much to blame. So idly to profane the precious time, and tempest of commotion like the south, born with black vapor, that begin to melt and drop upon our bare unarmed heads. Give me my sword and cloak. Falstaff, good night. Exeunt Prince, Poins, Peto, and Bardolph. Now comes in the sweetest morsel of the night, and we must hence, and leave it unpicked. Knocking within. More knocking at the door. Re-enter Bardolph. How now? What's the matter? You must away to court, sir, presently. A dozen captains stay at door for you. To the page. Pay the musicians, sir. Farewell, hostess. Farewell, doll. You see, my good wenches, how men of merit are sought after. The undeserver may sleep when a man of action is called on. Farewell, good wenches. If I be not sent away post, I will see you again ere I go. I cannot speak. If my heart be not ready to burst, well, sweet Jack, have a care of thyself. Farewell. Farewell. Exeunt Falstaff and Bardolph. Well, fare thee well. I have known thee these twenty-nine years come peace God time, but an honester and truer-hearted man, well, fare thee well. Within. Mistress Tearsheet. What's the matter? Within. Bid Mistress Tearsheet come to my master. Oh, run, doll, run, run, good, come. To Bardolph. She comes, blubbered. Yea, will you come, doll? Exeunt. End of Act Two.